right, good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday, October the 6th of 2021. How do you feel this morning? I'm good. How about you? I feel all right today. It's kind of crazy because um, if you guys listen to the show, I told you, uh, if you listened to yesterday's show or the podcast, I was talking about how we lost internet on, uh, I guess it was Monday, and my family didn't know what to do. I think I uh, jinxed us. Oh, no. It went out again. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, me and Kai, and we're there, and he goes, Dad, something's wrong with the internet again. Mm-hmm. And he was fired up now because mm-hmm. this is like two days in a row. Yeah. And then I thought, did I taunt the internet and make it go down? And again, it was like internet, TV, everything's down. Well, it does kind of seem like stuff listens to us. Right. So if you're the internet and you're listening this morning, I do apologize. I get that things happen and it's just part of things. But um, then I was like, well, because Kai wanted to eat some chips. Typically, uh, if there's eating going on in my house, there is noise somewhere Mm -hmm. because it drives me nuts. I have a misophonia thing where if I hear it, it drives me crazy. And he wanted to eat chips and ponchos dip uh, right there Mm. in our, uh, you know, basically our main room where everything's kind of tied together, the open floor plan. And I'm like, well, at least I'll go over to uh, Alexa and I'll play. Oh, wait a minute. I can't even play the Alexa. Mm. I can't even play the radio station because there's no Internet. So did you finally go pay your bill? Uh, I did pay my bill. uh, Three months worth. (laughs) (laughs) But it's crazy, man, because really you start thinking about how much you rely on this connectivity all the time. Mm And it was stressing me out because I had something that I needed to send for work that I couldn't send. And there was no way, no way to watch television because it's all tied through the TiVo. And there was no way to go to Alexa to play music. And I It's mean, a blessing and a curse. It's crazy. So today, thanks to celebrate on October the 6th, it is National Noodle Day. So mm. celebrate some noodles out there. Uh, <laughs> coffee with the Cop Day. So... I mean, you can have coffee with your favorite police officer. Uh, National Coaches Day. All right. I figured you'd be excited about that. We're going to see Coach Uh Butch Jones. He doesn't know this, but he might now if he's already awake. Uh Uh, I think we're going to surprise him tonight. (laughs) Big surprise now. (laughs) Don't say that. Well, I think on Coaches Day, we need to go to the Coaches Show tonight. And uh, attention members and guests lost pizza. Uh, Also, National Walk to School Day today as well, which I remember when I was able to walk to school and my mom let me and Joe walk. Oh my gosh! I felt like the king of the world, and it was <laughs> elementary of school. The bus. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, because our our elementary school was so close, I don't even know if we could have bused because mm-hmm. I mean, literally, we were the neighborhood next to the school. Yeah. But when Joe and I had the chance to walk five blocks over and walk to school, it felt like we could do whatever. And then that's where you're kind of like back then in in my hometown of Plano, we had alleys. It wasn't like everything was off of the main front road. You had the front part of the street, and then you had the alley behind it, which was another street. So you would take the alleyways? Oh, man. We'd go down the alleyways. You were scared, weren't you? Uh, No, it wasn't dark. Uh, Well, I mean, maybe a little bit. Just because it was an alley. Because the alley seemed more dangerous than the front Uh street. Right. You know what I'm saying? But uh, National Walk to School Hmm. Day today as well, if you want to celebrate that. Regardless of what you want to celebrate, we appreciate you getting up and starting your day with us. Let's throw one back on this day in country music with Brandon Baxter in the morning. So the year was 1990 and Garth Brooks had the number one song in country music on this day. I toasted you said, honey, we may be through, but you'll never hear me complain. Oh, yeah. Because I got friends in all. 
beer chases my blues away. I slip on down to the oasis So I've got a friend in low faces It's Garth Brooks from 1990. If you do the math, you'll realize that was 31 years ago. <laughs> he was changing country music in 1990. Garth Brooks. Guess I was wrong I just don't belong But then I've been there before Everything's alright I'll just, just say goodnight And I'll show myself to the door Hey, I didn't mean To cause a big scene Just give me an hour and then All right I'll be as high as that ivory tower that you're never now. It's gone. Cause I got friends in no places where the whiskey drowns and the beer takes my blues away. Slip on down to the oasis So I've got friends in love they say Garth Brooks. Friends in Low Places was number one on this day in 1990. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, here we go. Wednesday morning is here. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas. Brandon Baxter in the mornings. Gotcha gossip. Gotcha gossip on Adele. The scars of your love, they leave me breathless. I can't help feeling we could have had it So it's been six long years for Adele fans because she was basically on a musical break. We haven't had anything from her musical-wise or music-wise, but it looks like the wait is almost over. She released a clip kind of teasing her latest project, and in the clip, you see Adele getting into a car. You see her putting in music and driving off, and then the song she plays sounds like this. (laughs) 
So the song is called Easy On Me. It's going to drop on October 15th. Now, her past three albums have been labeled 19, 21, and 25. Basically, hmm. on the age she was at the time she released the album. Right. She's 33 right now, but the, the number 30 has been floating around on all of her posts. So a lot of people are thinking that her next album is going to be 30. It's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's a great teaser. We don't know much at all about the song other than more than likely it's going to be a ballad. And but you can tell it's going to be good. You think so? Yes. You think that first single is going to uh-huh. be like, bam, she's Definitely. back. All right, got your gossip today on Jake Gyllenhaal. It's kind of crazy because he did a movie with Jennifer Aniston back in the early 2000s, like around 2002. The movie was called The Good Girl. Yeah. Did you ever see it? Uh-huh. I did. I never saw it, but he's talking about the fact that when he was uh, doing this movie with Jennifer Aniston and he's on the set with Jennifer Aniston, uh, he had a little crush on old Rachel Green. And he said it was kind of awkward because, you know, he's sitting there and he's thinking, oh, my gosh, this girl's spectacular. But he has to try to keep it professional uh-huh. while he's on the set. And uh, he was talking about how those, uh, you know, like kissing scenes and stuff like that. Like you would think this is a great job. I get to kiss Jennifer Aniston. But he said it's so awkward because there's 30 or 40 people oh, around and you've had to rehearse even the movements and the mechanics of the kiss. Mm. And he said, even with Jennifer Aniston, who he had this big crush on at the time, those robotic scripted kisses aren't all that much fun. Gotcha gossip on Adam Levine. So I'm pretty sure Adam Levine is bored. Uh, he just added to his tattoo collection, and he debuted this major hair change. So huh. he shared his new ar- artwork on Instagram. Basically, it's a butterfly landing on a spider web, and it's right in the center of his neck. Ooh. Not on the back of his neck. So if you're looking at me, it's right here in the center of his neck. Like it's the r- vocal box. And yeah, stuff. Oh yeah. My God. So, and it's right above his family tattoo. But Adam said, quote, had to. A wise man once said, when Instagram goes down, tattoo your throat. Oh, Anyway, (laughs) I think he's just kidding, obviously. But there's another photo out of Adam with bright blue hair. And it matches his, he has these bright blue tennis shoes he's wearing, like Smurf blue. Okay. But, uh, you know, when social media goes down, you do what you do and dye your hair and get tattoos. And But it's Adam Levine. He still looks good. No, he still pulls that off. It doesn't matter. (laughs) No, and right now he's in tremendous shape. I don't know if you've paid much attention, but I've seen some stuff recently and you're like, dang, dude. He's walking around with his shirt off a lot, so I think he knows... Uh, yeah, he looks good. Yeah. Uh, got your gossip today on Lindsay Lohan. If you love Lindsay Lohan, well, there's good news because there's going to be a podcast. Everybody has a podcast. Now, Lindsay Lohan has a podcast. Uh, she says on Instagram, I'm excited to partner with Studio 71 in the development and production of my podcast. Lindsay goes on to say, I'm looking forward to connecting more with my fans and having intimate conversations with thought leaders and friends across all industries. Now, uh, the podcast platform, Studio 71, says they can't wait for listeners to hear never uh, before store, never seen or never heard before stories of Lindsay Lohan and the side of her that we don't know. And again, when you think about her, you think about I mean, this career that she's had. She started young, mm-hmm. young child star, and then she had the drama that went on for a little bit. Then she basically was just gone. I wonder if she'll have an accent in the podcast. Uh, oh, because she moved off to where? England or France? Or she had some type of ac- really heavy accent for a long time. Huh. So the podcast, we're not exactly sure on the launch date, but it's going to be a Lindsay Lohan podcast partnering with Studio 71. And of course, every morning here on Brandon Baxter in the morning, we gotcha gossip. Sometimes there's stories that just make you feel good. Ah! I feel good. 
I feel good. I feel good. With Brandon Baxter in the morning. Social media can be negative, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're hearing about that in the media. Like, oh my gosh, what's Facebook doing? What's Instagram doing to people and stuff like that? But there's times where social media can be really beautiful as well. Let me introduce you to a young kid named Daniel Harrison. He has autism. Uh, and he basically had two wishes for his 15th birthday. Uh, basically, he wanted um, people to pay attention to him. Uh, he wanted people to know that they liked him, and he wanted to find some friends because he doesn't have very many friends. So his dad went to social media and made this post, and um, all kinds of people responded. Here's the post the dad made, and I quote, Daniel is my son, profoundly autistic, hasn't one friend. It's his birthday today. All of a sudden, people started tweeting Daniel from all over the world. 15,000 tweets came in wishing him a happy birthday because he didn't have any friends. Let me tell you some of the people who tweeted. Russell Crowe, Sharon Stone, Ariel Winter. Wow. And Mark Hamill, who just so happens to be Luke Skywalker from Star Wars. Hmm. Talk about a cool way to wish a young man a birthday. Shout out to those celebrities, too, for going out of their way to make somebody feel special. Y'all... That's one of those stories that just makes you feel good. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, so a heads up. Today is National Coaches Day. Yeah. We'll shout out to the coaches at Arkansas State, many of whom uh, join us every morning and hang out, listen, and stuff like that. We appreciate them. All of you coaches around the area. High school coaches, middle school coaches, elementary school coaches, whatever you're coaching, Mm -hmm. maybe it's a team, maybe it's a traveling team. Man, thanks for what you're doing and investing your time in young people. We do appreciate that. It's a great day to celebrate your favorite coaches today. Kelly was a coach at one point. I was. She said she was known as the hot coach in the Jonesboro School System. I have never said that. What? Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, good morning. Welcome to Wednesday happy man today because i can actually see <laughs> and i'm a happy woman today because you can actually see i haven't messed up any of my readings so far today i know so i have my new glasses on what's funny though is the glass the new glasses you have on they have the bifocals oh no no don't oh, say that oh i'm sorry well you oh. don't have to look down and you are used to wearing those readers mm. and it's funny because you're used to looking all the way down and you don't have to with those no I can see. That's yeah. what, it's crazy. And it's it's so crazy that I went so long without being able to see, and I was scared to go to the eye doctor. I know. It's silly. Like, that is dumb. It was mm-hmm. this most simple procedure, the most simple doctor's visit I've probably ever had. And I have my glasses. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, here's uh, here's the deal. My wife really thinks they're cute. They so look good on you. That makes me feel better. Yeah. My mother, uh, I sent her a picture. Let me see if I can go back to her text, and uh, you kind of tell me what you think about this. She says, you look fantastic in them. I love the way they make you look kind of distinguished and handsome. Oh, that's sweet. That's what I would have said to my son. And now you can see. That's what she said. Mm -hmm. So when she said distinguished, I I like the idea of handsome. I like that idea. It's like, oh, she thinks I'm handsome. That's awesome. Yeah. Distinguished is something you say about people as they get older. And I don't want to think that I'm getting older. I don't know that that's true. I Kelly. mean, distinguished just means you are you look smart and intelligent and knowledgeable. Oh, that's, oh, that's, good. that's a good one. Uh-huh. 
So I don't think you've ever looked at somebody who's, let's say, 19 and said, oh, look, 19-year-old, you look so distinguished. <laughs> Maybe you say you look a little bit older <sighs> or I don't know. And I have this deal because my, my contacts aren't in yet. Mm-hmm. Like, do I need to wear the glasses at the football game? I'm hosting Arkansas State football tomorrow. I don't know if I should wear glasses or not. Um, what do you think? Oh, you're laughing like maybe I shouldn't. I don't I don't know. Because there's going to be glare and stuff. No, no glare. Oh. I have glare-proof glasses. Oh. No, I do. I have some type of oh. lenses. That, no, I do. Oh, okay. And they got me these kind of lenses because of television and performance and stuff like that. Oh, they're performance glasses. They're performance glasses. Okay. That's what I was told. Right. I can't remember what they said they were, but that way when like the lights, like if we turn on the ring light, you're not going to see it in my my lenses. Oh, so if I like threw a baseball, would they break? Are they like super strong? You're going to throw a baseball in let's, my face. Let's try. Let's try that and see if they're that strong. <laughs> if you haven't seen uh, my picture, 44 years, no glasses. This is day two with glasses on. I put it up on social media, so... Instagram, Brandon Baxter in the morning. Facebook, Brandon Baxter in the morning. Twitter, Brandon on BBITM. I was going through some of the responses. Can I read you one? And um, you know how some people you think, oh, they're my friends. And then some people are like, oh, they're not a friend anymore. <laughs> I want you to read the responses of the people you don't think are your friends. Oh, there was only one that was rude. Let me see if I can go back and find it. <laughs> do I know the person? Yeah, you do. I know him too. But I'm going to disown him. Who is it? Craig Miller. <laughs> This idiot said nerd. <laughs> Capital N-E-R-D. Doesn't he have glasses? I don't know if he wears them, if he has them. Who says that? Craig Miller. Yeah, way to go, Craig. Idiot. Oh. Did I say that? I don't know. Don't tell him I said that. Okay. Don't tell him. <laughs> Take that out of the podcast too, Kelly, please, okay? Okay, Mr. Distinguished. That, no, I'm not distinguished. I'm young with glasses. Oh. Yes. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. A 46-year-old woman in the UK named Claire Vickers recently broke into a water park with her best friend, 44-year-old Barry Douglas. It was around 2 in the morning and they were both drinking. They got in by crawling under a fence. Well, once they were in, they made their way to a set of water slides. But the water wasn't on. So they splashed some water on one of the so- on one of the slides to make it slick oh, so they God. could go down it. Well, it was this big yellow slide that's a straight shot, the kind that you can really go fast on and pick up speed. Yeah. Well, unfortunately it was dark. It was dark, and they were too drunk to realize that at the end of the slide, it was blocked off. Oh my god. They both went down it and hit a barrier <laughs> at the bottom that shattered their ankles. Oh wow. Claire broke one oh. and Barry broke both of his. Oh god. Now neither of them could walk and no one was around. Remember it's two in the morning. Right. So they had to bang on the slide for two hours until someone heard them. Oh. Then it took another hour for them to get help. They're both in wheelchairs recovering. The good news is the water park decided not to press charges, but just in case you feel bad for them, they want to sue the park for not having a security guard or better fencing to for, to prevent them from breaking in. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Speaking of breaking your ankles, what would you call Kenny Loggins if his leg was severed at the ankle? Mm. Uh, gosh, I don't even know. What would you call Kenny Loggins? But loose. Oh, Kelly. <laughs> I guess we do. Get up.
Even more proof that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Wait. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthday sport today. It's Wednesday, October the 6th. Of 2021. Local birthdays, local celebrities, here we go. Happy birthday, a special happy birthday goes out to Emma Cooley, who's turning 10 years old today. Happy birthday, Emma. Going to BIC. This says, I love you, baby girl, from your dad, David Cooley, who's a friend of ours. He was a guy that I called when there was a bat on the front of my house. He no longer works with animals. But he's, he's a bat whisperer. He was able to get the bat right off my house. So happy birthday to Emma, who celebrates today turning 10. Ben Fountain of Jonesboro celebrates Jackie Decker. Uh, Teresa Hendricks of Truman. Allie Reed of Jacksonport turned 6. Charlie McGuire of Harrisburg. Lance Moss has a birthday. Felicia Duggan has a birthday today as well. Lisa Strange of Pocahontas. Vanessa Martin. Kara Moore. Laura Daniels. Of Jonesboro, Melissa Vaughn has a birthday today. Abby Lane Aulis of Jonesboro, Meg Green is celebrating, and Kim Hunt Thornhill from Wynn celebrates as well. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy, happy birthday. birthday to all y'all, and you celebrate with these celebrities. Addison Ray is 21. She's the TikTok star who now stars in the all-new She's All That remake. He's all that. Yeah, I know who she is. Yep. Well, I do. I okay. know who she is. Yeah. All right. She's on TikTok. Yeah. I'm not on TikTok, but I know who she is. Uh-huh. Yep. And happy birthday today to Amy Jo Johnson, who is 51. That was Kimberly, the Pink Power Ranger. Elizabeth Shue. Oh, my goodness. Is 58 today. That was Allie with an eye Mills on the Karate Kid. And, of course, I don't want to give any spoilers, but she does make an appearance in the Cobra Kai series She well. literally was one of my very first crushes. Allie with an eye, right? Every time I think of Karate Kid, I think of that song. That might have been uh, from Karate Kid 2, though. Elizabeth Shue, she's turning 58 today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Tony Dungy, who is 66, former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, who's now on NBC Sunday Night Football. Yes, and, and the Colts as well. What'd I say? Coats. <laughs> or the Colts. Yes. And happy birthday to Kevin Cronin, who is 70. Yes. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Oh, it is. Lead singer of Ario Speedwagon. I love this band, man. I can't tell you how often I listen to REO Speedwagon. You take it on the run, baby. If that's the way you want it, baby. Then I don't want you around. Kevin Cronin, REO Speedwagon, 70. So like them too, right? Yeah. I'll be here when you are 
to roll with the changes. REO Speedwagon. Oh, I make you laugh, and you make me cry. I believe it's time for me to fly. We got to do one more. This one. And I, meant I meant it. Every word I said when I said there. Cronin's birthday today. And I'm gonna keep on loving you. Cause it's the only thing I wanna do. I don't wanna sleep. Oh no. I just wanna keep on loving you. I'm gonna get up and do an interpretive dance. My new glasses, I got my specs on. Instagram Live, here we go. Yeah, man, with my specs. See them? Don't call them specs. Oh, yeah. Thank you to my friends at Elite. I can see clearly now, the strain is gone. Okay. <laughs> and I meant every word I said when I said that I love you. I meant that I love you forever. Can we do this one more time? out to my good friend I wish Kevin Cronin who turns 70 today Brandon Baxter in the morning alright welcome to Wednesday morning and y'all as always Kelly Perry well she's got three words for you good morning Arkansas this is country music news on Brandon Baxter in the morning All right, we have country music news today on Luke Bryan, who has told us the next radio single is going to be off of his album, Born Here, Live Here, Die Here, and it's going to be the song called Up. So Luke says this song really checks all of the boxes for a country song for Luke Bryan. He says, and I quote, it talks about what I love and what's dear to me, about my home and my faith. So again, the next single from Luke Bryan's called Up, and here's a sneak peek this morning on BBITM. Up. Early in the morning, waking that sun up Filling that coffee, cranking that tractor up Praying it rains down on the devil's dust Them rolls come popping up in the sky There's a guy looking down on us Looking up Town nobody knows what a way to 
It's up the next radio single from Luke Bryan. We have country music news today on Casey Musgrave. So if you saw Casey perform Justified on Saturday Night Live, you witnessed history. Well, in case you missed it, she was sitting on a stool with her legs crossed and her body was blocked by her guitar and her strap. Uh The lighting was low and Uh she was only filmed from the front. Well, here's the deal. She really was naked. Wow. Which was a first for SNL. Uh, she was wearing boots. I will say that. Um, <laughs> here's what her publicist, her publicist said. Quote, she was nude. Precautions were taken, and this was the first time it's happened on the show. Wow. Her rep goes on to say that uh, the audience didn't see anything because she was shielded from the view by a sheet as the performance was set up. So the people that were in the crowd uh, that were talking about it later on, uh, they had it right. She yeah. she was uh, uh, in her birthday suit. You know who else had it right? You. Me. <laughs> I said, is she wearing any clothes? <laughs> yeah. And evidently she wasn't. This is what she performed. Casey Musgraves justified from SNL. Kelly says, no, she's wearing a vest. <laughs> and you were like, that's the guitar <laughs> strap. <laughs> If you haven't seen it, yeah, I mean, it's up on our blog. If you haven't seen it, Casey Musgraves, uh, Justified from SNL. My favorite thing I've seen today is this video that Dustin Lynch, uh, it's it's from Dustin Lynch's concert at the Texas Motorplex uh, Stampede. It was a speed of concert deal. So Dustin Lynch is on stage and he brings up this young girl. Her name is Julianne Nguyen. Uh, He brings her up on stage. She looks to be, I don't (laughs) know, six or seven years old. Uh, They're doing the song, Thinking About You, and Dustin starts off, and then this young girl with this big, beautiful smile starts singing the song and knows every word. Kelly, this made me so happy this morning. Let me give you the audio from it. She's adorable, number one, and she's about to do this on her own. Listen to this. He's going to give her the chance. put that up on my socials you guys if you want to smile today that's a real feel-good moment we've got country music news today on chris young so chris young stopped by the stopped by the kelly clarkson show earlier this week and brought country's mitchell tenpenny tenpenny with him uh to sing on a song that is featured on his album famous friends the song is called at the end of a bar check this out you can find your future run to your past you can look for answers at the bottom of a glass. You can make a best friend, never know the name. Bow shots of tequila, then forget why you came. There's a million things that you can't find, bartender conversation or a pair of blue eyes. Yeah, your true love. 
good performance, too. It's called At the End of the Bar. It's Chris Young and Mitchell Tinpenny, and it's out now. That's your country music news on Arkansas's Morning Show. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the Morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. Joined this morning by the good doctor, Dr. Shane Spites, the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University. He is teaching doctors, future generations of doctors who will care for us and our kids and our grandkids. He's getting them ready. Good morning, Dr. Spites. Good morning, guys. And, and, and to be clear, I've got a whole team that does that teaching. It's not I want people to think that, that that falls on me. You don't want that to fall on one person. I, luckily, we've got great faculty, great staff that every day are, like you said, producing the next generation of physicians. I'm proud to have them. See, I love the fact that you're humble like that, whereas Kelly's been telling me Brandon, that when she was a Brandon, coach, she was known I, as the hot coach. Brandon, I have never said that. He has been saying that all morning and all yesterday. Just wait till the mics go off. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> no, so she was a, a coach, you know, at the Jonesboro school system, and she uh, she just said that once. I, I, I've never. Mm. So, hey, I want to – we we had a great co- talk with you last week because we had some good news. Finally, we had some more positive news on kind of COVID numbers, so – I think the first thing we should look at today is uh, where do we stand in Arkansas, in Northeast Arkansas, as a region with the current COVID numbers? So in Arkansas right now, our numbers continue to go down, and they're looking good. We're probably going to hit a plateau point, but right now we're averaging, you know, anywhere from five to six hundred, excuse me, seven hundred cases a day on average. That's our seven-day average. Now you'll see some days that are lower, but right now, like our seven-day average is about seven hundred cases a day. All right. Why and I, and look, that's great. You need to know that's obviously that's awesome because you know back the first of or middle of August we were sitting about two thousand cases a day. Right. So to say that we're hitting close to seven hundred is great, but that's still compared to where we were back in May when we thought okay we're over all this. We were only averaging one hundred and fifty to one hundred and eighty. So we're still four or five times higher than we we are in the uh, in the springtime here at Craighead County. We're averaging about 58 cases a day. Again, we were averaging about 115 cases uh, about uh, the end of uh, August. And so we're about half, which is great news. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think we'll hit a plateau where we continue to see spread. What's going to happen is people that haven't gotten infected are at some point going to get infected. And so you're going to see that continued spread of just people getting it here and there. And that's going to be our baseline uh, spread. And we don't know the big question is the holidays. Mm-hmm. Everybody travels in the holidays. People are going to travel more this year. So once we hit the holidays, we do expect that uh, we could see more cases then. You mentioned kind of the baseline. <clears throat> is this just going to be something that's normal, like the flu, like a you know one of those types of uh, viruses that come around? Is this just something that's going to be around and we're going to deal with it for the rest of our lives? So uh, actually, the thinking right now is yes. That is exactly what we think is going to happen. So what's going to what we think is going to happen is um, <clears throat> people that haven't gotten infected will get infected. Now, does that infection mean that you get hospitalized? Does that infection mean that you get on the ventilator? That's what we talk about the vaccine and the importance of that and how that reduces that. Um, but we're going to continue to see that spread throughout the fall and the winter. It's probably going to drop off more in the spring. Again, fingers crossed. And these are early models that we're looking at. But I read an article just within the last week that put out some models that said, look, this is what we think is going to happen. You're going to continue seeing COVID cases through the fall and the winter. They're going to drop off more in the spring. Ideally, we don't see any more variants. And so and right now, the, the Delta variant is still the predominant variant uh, throughout the world. 
And so right now things are on track to look good. Uh, but yes, we're going to continue to see COVID-19. It's not going to go away. It's going to become what we call endemic, mm-hmm. and you're going to continue to see it. Um, hopefully we don't see the, the, the variants uh, crop up as much, but that's a different conversation. Remember, variants come from a lot of people getting sick at one time. Okay. And so once we get on the backside of that, then we should be okay. So as time goes on, if this is something we deal with for a long time, do our bodies just become more uh, resistant than resilient if they get this? Does that happen over time? Are we going to see less harsh effects as this goes into year two and three and four? Yes, historically, that's what we have seen. And so it's a combination. I know I keep harping on this, but it's the truth. It's vaccination so that when you get infected, your body already is recognizing it. It's already mounted a response. So it can fight it off quickly. And then you get natural antibodies in addition to the vaccine antibodies that you created. So you get antibodies from they were produced from the vaccine and you get antibodies produced from actually getting infected yourself. And so that over time means that it becomes more of a ideally it becomes more of a common cold. There's even a theory back. We had a, there was a flu pandemic back in the late 1800s that everybody's kind of scratching their head on. There's a theory that that may have been actually kind of a common cold virus that took over almost like the coronavirus did hmm. um, and then just ended up becoming a common cold that you see seasonally. So as we look at, um, you know, the data and let's, I'm going to be really, really open uh, and it might make my wife upset, but I'll, and I want to have an honest discussion with you about this as well. Uh, the first day I was able to go and get vaccinated, I got vaccinated. My wife got vaccinated the first day she was able to get vaccinated. Kai just turned 12 um, a little more than a week ago. Uh, the vision during uh, the early part of the fall was he's going as soon as he possibly can. His birthday was on a Saturday. He was going to go on the Monday to get vaccinated. And then now that we've seen numbers drop, um, you know, there's a little bit of discussion on, well, should we go get him vaccinated or are we about to be done with this? Obviously, we don't want him to get COVID. At the same point, we don't want him to have any type of even a mild reaction to anything. We don't like it if he you know, has a hangnail. Um, so at this point, you know, he isn't vaccinated. Do you think that's something we should still go out and do at this point with numbers dropping? I absolutely do. Now, and obviously, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of this. I'm in the thick of it. You know, I'm reading stuff, you know, almost every day on it. Uh, but certainly, first of all, in terms of reactions, that's a conversation with you guys and your individual physician in terms of maybe what he reacted to previously. Mm-hmm. But by and large, kids don't have much of a reaction. Their, their immune system is great. They take the vaccine great. And so individuals, really, in terms of who has the, the, the biggest reaction from a vaccine, seems to be the middle age, like those in their 30s and 40s. But those that are younger, teens, 20s, and then even the older ones have less of a reaction from the vaccine, if you call it that. When we say reaction, I say more of a side effect, more like a fatigue. I don't feel good for 24 hours. You know, I'm, you know, Maybe it feels like a mild cold, and then I'm over it. Yeah. But you absolutely should get him uh, get him vaccinated because remember what? Because here's the deal: he's going to get infected. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He's going to get infected with COVID at some point, and you want his body in the best shape it can be in, so that when he does get infected, it's only a mild infection. Yeah. It's not something that that ends up being a hospitalization. Now, when we look at the pediatric data. You say, well, okay, how many kids are actually being hospitalized that get COVID? It's not a lot. Of the ones that get hospitalized, though, half of them do not have an underlying medical illness. Half of them are normal, healthy kids. So there's something else going on there that we're not really recognizing in terms of why did this kid end up being hospitalized and this kid didn't. They're both seemingly healthy. They both play 
you know, baseball, soccer, what have you, um, none of them take medications. Now, half of the kids that get hospitalized do have an underlying health disorder, but again, half of them don't. So you want your family and you want, in this particular instance, your son to be in the best shape he can be in, and that's through vaccination. Um, And that's why, to be honest with you, after reviewing the data myself, it was kind of a no-brainer for me. So all of my kids that are eligible have been vaccinated. I've got a 13-year-old. I've got a 19-year-old. I've got a 22-year-old. We do have a 10. I have an 11-year-old who's not uh, doesn't is not able to get it yet. But and I'll talk about that in a second. The, the new data on Pfizer we expect it to come out. Uh, we expect that vaccine to be available in November, and he'll get it in November as long as the data looks good. And I'm reviewing it right now. You know, you make it sound. Um... Like it's such a no brainer and I'm sitting here going, why didn't we get it done on, you know, the 27th or 28th, whatever the first day was after he was eligible to get it. Um, Because when you lay it out like that, I think it's like, wow, um, maybe it is the right thing to do and not even worry about where, where the numbers are now, because the only number that really needs to matter to us is, is protecting that one who is our one child at home. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, and you're right. Look, I'm, I, I, I promise you, I am probably happier than anybody that's listening. That the numbers are going down. Um, I'm thrilled at that. And hospitalizations are going down. Um, The deaths are kind of plateaued, and we should see them go down uh, in the next few weeks. And so fingers crossed, we're really on the back end of this, and then we'll just see continued spreads, slow, low continued spread throughout the winter months and the holiday, and then hopefully it tapers off to almost nothing in the spring. Fingers crossed, that's what we're hoping will happen. That's what the current data it's kind of looking like right now. Dr. Shane Spites on with us this morning. I have a couple more things I want to kind of get to you uh, with because <clears throat> I was looking through some of the data that you've provided uh, worldwide cases, right? All of a sudden, boom, Israel just explodes with this massive number of cases. And then all of a sudden, real fast, they dropped. And then I remember the same thing mm-hmm. kind of happened in India, where India that was headline news, the, the cases in India were ridiculously high. And people weren't able to get treatment. And I was looking at, at India, and they're like at baseline level now. What's happened in these areas where, boom, it spikes up so fast that it's a worldwide story, and then all of a sudden it looks like it's gone? So one of the things that, that I think, and, and I don't know that there's an actual absolute answer because there's still so many things that are different from country to country. But one of the things that seems to be um, a player, and we know this through the disease spread, is your population density. So when you look at India, and you think about India right now, India, there's 1,200 people per square mile. Wow. In Israel, there's over 1,000 people per square mile. In the U.S., 94 people per square mile. Dang, We have fewer people per square mile, so we've got people spread out. The disease spreads, and this is true for most any disease, airborne disease specifically, it's going to spread more rapidly if you have a whole bunch of people congregated together. Right. That's why we talk about fall and winter being the sick months is because people are indoors. They're more likely to be, you know, in a conference room or, you know, in some sort of, uh, of enclosed space or maybe air, you know, airflow is not that great. And so diseases spread more rapidly there. Here in the U.S., we're almost like 50 little countries with no borders. Right. And so we kind of people will get sick, but it may not be that spike that you're seeing in these other countries, um, specifically like even over the UK. The UK right now, they're seeing sustained spread. They've hit their baseline, and their baseline's pretty high. They're seeing sustained spread um, of COVID. Remember, they're an island country, and their population density is 727 people per square mile. Wow. So here in the U.S., we enjoy the fact that we've got a lot of land. People can be spread out. I mean, we see that here in Arkansas. That was one of the things here in Arkansas as well. 
you know, we've got 3 million people in Arkansas, but we've got a pretty good sized state really for people to spread out in. Right. Does that make sense? And that's why too, you see, when you look at Arkansas, Northeast Arkansas, Central Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas are your hotspots. That's where most of the people are. Right. Walk me through uh, fatigue. We've talked about, you know, COVID fatigue, golly, for probably over a year now. <clears throat> I'm seeing less masks. I'm seeing more people yeah. out going places. Um, almost at this point, there, were, there was a point early on where if you wore a mask, you looked like you were crazy. You stood out. Then there was a point where everybody was in masks. And if you didn't wear a mask, you looked like you were crazy and you stood out. And now we're at the point again where I'm seeing very few masks in public. I think you're right. I think it is the fatigue. I think um, I think people are starting to get to the to the point where, you know, look, I've been vaccinated, or you know, I'm not going to get the vaccine, um, and they just people are. We've seen this. You hit the nail on the head. We've seen this up and down. Mm-hmm. We've seen this. Uh, we saw pandemic fatigue last fall. People were getting tired of it. It really kind of waned into the winter, and then everybody thought, okay. It's over. It's over. The spring, the numbers dropped almost nothing. We're, you know, everybody's out. We're not, you're seeing very few masks. And then the Delta variant came. Right. And I think it's just, there's, like I said, there was a study, I think I quoted it to you guys before, that looked, and they, the guess right now is about 80% of the U.S. population is experiencing some kind of anxiety or depressive symptoms. Right. 80%. That's, and whether you realize it or not, that's a lot. I mean, and even if you're not, look, I'm not wearing my mask. I don't want to wear it anymore. If, if you're one of those people, you realize, though, that the pandemic's not gone away just because you're not wearing a mask. And you realize that there's still some angst there about, you know, what's next, what's coming next. Is there going to be another variant? What's it going to look like? You know, two weeks from now, is there going to be another spike? Because the Delta variant kind of threw everybody off. Right. So you're exactly right. There is pandemic fatigue. Uh, we're seeing more of it. Um, I think it's one of the nice things is, is the cases are coming down because I think it'd be a lot harder. I think you'd see a lot more, I mean, as if we're not already divisive. I think you'd see a lot more anger and a lot more um, emotion if we still had high cases and people were tired of it. Does that make sense? No, it does. It's just crazy because I see some of these, you know, some high profile people who are out and uh, not masking. And it it just seems like the normal thing at this point, which, uh, you know, talking to you, it's like all of a sudden you're going, oh, this isn't going away and we need to protect our kids and all that. Uh, one more thing. Let's talk about this antiviral pill. We've all talked about uh, the vaccines. Oh, yeah. We've talked about, uh, you know, maybe what happens when you get COVID, what not to take. But uh, the antiviral pill, what's that looking like right now? So this is a big deal. We were actually watching this last year. Merck is the pharmaceutical company that came out with it. Um, and for those people that are familiar with, with Tamiflu, in terms of how Tamiflu works, you know, you take it right when you get symptoms, and then it keeps you from really, it keeps the virus from reproducing in your body. This works the same way, except it works for COVID. Here's the big deal about this. The studies that were done on it were done on people who were completely unvaccinated. Okay. So these are unvaccinated people that were high risk. And it cut the hospitalization rate in half for those people. And there were no deaths in that group that took the pill. There were eight deaths in the placebo group. And so this is really good news. They're hoping they're actually they actually cut the the study short because it was doing so well. They're like, well, this is a no brainer. we got to go ahead and move forward. So you're going to hear about this company. Uh, Merck putting this, uh, and I don't know what they're going to call it. Molivapir is the name of the the drug, but you'll never remember that. They'll find some sort of fancy name like. I don't know, COVID virus, something like that. They'll figure right. some drug name out for it. <laughs> yeah. But you're going to hear about this in the next uh, few weeks and few months um, because it's going it's to be a game changer for us. And it works against variants. That's the big deal. It works differently. It doesn't target the spike protein. It actually goes, on, goes after a different part of the virus. 
And so it'll work for variants. This will be a game changer for us for sure. Would that this be will some- help us move into more of the endemic thing? I'm sorry, go ahead. Would that be something that would be available uh, via doctor, via pharmacy, via yes. hospital? How would that look? It'll be, it, your doctor would write a prescription for it, and okay. it's just a pill you take. You take the pill twice a day for five days. Um, and the, the, the cool thing is the company's actually going to license it to five generic companies over in India so that the middle and low-income countries, the poor countries, can actually get it as well because they're having a hard time getting any vaccine. There's only like 2% of the low-income countries in the world have vaccine, which wow. is uh, which is sad. But, but they'll be able to get this pill. So be on the lookout for this. It's made by Merck. Um, and so it's, it's going to be coming out probably here within the next few weeks, a few months. The, awesome. the FDA is going to look at it. And they're going to um, hopefully get uh, emergency use authorization for it. This will be a game changer for us. Like I said, like a Tamiflu for COVID. So this will be awesome. He is the good doctor. He is Dr. Shane Spites. He's the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University. And, Doc, we appreciate your time and uh, the information and the honesty that you share with us. Always good to talk to you guys. Take uh, care. You too, man. See you next week. Dr. Shane Spites on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. All right, we're joined this morning by Brent Waugh from John 316 Ministries. Brent, how are you this morning? I am a blessed man, doing good. Thank you. All right, so uh, I know John 316 has has different spots all around Northeast Arkansas. Where do we find you this morning? Where are you waking up? Well, I'm over in Jonesboro today at our outreach house, um, and here in Jonesboro, yeah. So I remember when there wasn't a Jonesboro outreach house, and everybody had to travel over toward uh, Batesville to go to John 316. So I think it's cool to see, you know, the fact that you guys are able to go into different communities and and help out and kind of be centralized locally and then do so much work uh, in Northeast Arkansas. You guys really hustle, don't you? Yes, sir. We get after it every day, six days a week. Tell me about your experience with John 316, why this is something that you decided you wanted to to be so public with and why you believe in it so much. Well, I, I believe in it uh, so much because it saved my life. In 2017, I found myself without a will to live and uh, ended up at John 316 Ministries uh, ready for a change. And uh, that, that place provided a change absolutely free. So I believe in what I do and, and how I speak about it because it, w- it actually helped me. How did your life change from, um, I guess, the first day you walk in there and you kind of probably feel like you're at the bottom, and then, you know, now here we, we have you on the radio talking and telling the story. What's different about your life if you if you look at the difference in that time? Oh, well, now it's completely different. Um, I, I have joy. I have peace. I have uh, things that are going on. I, I've gotten married since I, I've got there. I, I've got hope. I've got Jesus. You know, it's it's amazing. And it's cool because I hear these stories from people who go through John 316 and there's people who just, you know, they have somebody in their family and they want them to go to John 316. They want them to get to the point where they uh, where they want that help. And John 316, I mean, when you think about all the work that goes into rehabilitating these uh, these men with addiction problems, it's a big job. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And it's expensive to operate this program, especially when it's not going to be at a cost to the person going in. So the way that we can help as a community is by doing different deals and fundraising and buying tickets and buying food and stuff like that. And you guys have a big event coming up, the Summer Jam. Tell me about that. Yeah, Summer Jam's coming up on October the 16th. It's going to be our very first event over in South Haven, Mississippi. And everybody here in Jonesboro knows who we are and what we do. Yeah. Uh, so we get out in this community because of the great support from everybody in the community. Um, every business we walk in, people 
uh, you know, hit us with a smile and say, you know, how are y'all doing? We're proud of you. Many different things. But, but this is Summer Jam uh, 2021 that we're going around promoting. Um, and it, all the information is on our website, Facebook page, and things like that. But if you see a guy in red, ask him about it. So the idea of going to the Lander Center in South Haven is, I guess, just to expose John 316 to new people, new people who might have the need in that area as well. Uh, tell me what's going to be happening in South Haven on the 16th. We got uh, David Crowder coming to perform, uh, as well as Andrew Ripp, uh, two very big perform- uh, singers and uh, performers in the Christian music world, mm-hmm. uh, some of the biggest and, and some of the... Uh, you know, it's an easy transition if you like uh, rock and rock and roll music, then you most likely like David Crowder's music. Yeah. So this event is a concert, and there's obviously food and the chance to uh, win some pretty cool stuff. One of the deals you guys have done for many years now is this big Spartan mower, this incredible mower. Uh, I know you guys have a great partnership with Spartan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we send some guys over there every day to kind of help serve, clean up around the factory and things like that, but they support and believe in what we do. So they actually help us with a lawnmower. It's a cat diesel powered lawnmower, 61 inch cut, a really great professional grade Spartan lawnmower. Amazing. So I know a lot of people will, uh, you know, cause I've seen these events all across the area when you guys do them, they, they end up being huge events, sometimes more people in the venue than any other event that happens in whatever venue it is. Uh, but this one's happening in South Haven. Again, the date is going to be on October the 16th. If people want tickets or they want to uh, maybe have a chance to win the Spartan Mower, how can they get information? Well, they can get information by calling the ministry at 870-799-2525. Or you can get on our Facebook page or website. Um, our Facebook page just being John 316 Ministries. And all the all the information you'll need will be on that page. All right. Again, it's happening on October 16th at the Lander Center in South Haven, John 316 Ministries, and the Summer Jam. And again, you're going to hear more about this uh, as we get close to the event, which is coming up here in just about, uh, what is it, 10 days. Brent, we're proud of the work you're doing, man, and get out there and hustle today and keep us posted on how this is looking, okay? Absolutely. Thank you very much, Brandon. All right, talk to you. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. Joined this morning by Mark Zielsdorf, who is on the phone with us. Good morning, man. How are you? I'm doing good, boss. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing all right, man. Hey, the one thing I remembered as soon as I saw your name pop up on our list of people to talk to today, I'm like, that's my Texas guy right there. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I still keep the area code phone number just for that gentle reminder, too. I know, man. <clears throat> Did you watch the Cowboys game this past week? I did not. I was actually out of town, so I just had to watch a bunch of highlights for pretty much all the games this past weekend. I'm just going to tell you, man, I don't want to get too confident, but the Cowboys are looking pretty good so far. Ah, man, that's what, uh, uh, you know, it it must just be in the air. Hogs fans are feeling pretty good themselves, too. I don't know what's going on this year, but things are definitely looking up. Tell me what's happening with the Family Crisis Center. The last time we talked to you, you know, you guys were out there um, really trying to to help people, and I know there's uh, a new challenge coming up at the Family Crisis Center. Yes, actually. So we are running our fundraiser again this year throughout the entire month of October. Uh, This year we have named it the Purple Ribbon Challenge. Uh, So essentially kind of same thing as last year. Uh, We got our sponsor amount raised, Mm -hmm. and now during this month, which is also Domestic Violence Awareness Month, 
we're just turning it over to the community and kind of challenging them to, you know, match that dollar amount. So with that being said, too, we have a handful of activities kind of planned throughout the month. We have uh, Delaney Taylor doing a musical performance at 501 Steakhouse this Friday. We got a proceeds day with BA next Wednesday, a proceeds day with Shadrax that next Thursday on the 21st. And then to bring it all in and cap it off for the month, we have got a Purple Day collaboration with the Recovery Room on Thursday, the 28th. Man, y'all jumped in with some uh, big-time players around here, which I think is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, it's a great feeling uh, to have such continued support from so many, as you said, important entities around the community, mm-hmm. especially a lot of local entities and so to always have that unwavering continued support especially over the years through our hard times and through our best times is a very very fulfilling feeling it's it lets us know that we're accomplishing our mission let's talk about the family crisis center in general and why this is an important thing to raise money for because there's going to be somebody um maybe who's even going through some stuff right now who doesn't know that uh, there's help there how does the family crisis center help people who are in need 110%, Brandon. I'm glad you really hit on that. Um, And I'll just kind of lead with uh, simply our mission statement, which is to, you know, assist victims of domestic and sexual violence by by assisting them and helping them move from victimization to empowerment. And I really love the value of that because, simply put, I mean, we are here from step A all the way to Z. Anything that falls under that umbrella, we start with emergency shelter, we have counseling services, we have legal services. Uh, uh, transitional housing services, all that good stuff. We have forensic exams done by our SANE nurses Mm -hmm. in-house. So we have a lot of good things going for us that we've built over the past three decades and really, you know, try to stay with the victim through the entire process as opposed to sending them all over the place. You know, I think, and we talk about this with different things, but, you know, when somebody's little, when they're a kid, when they're growing up, they don't ever think they're going to be in a situation where, uh, there's going to be a crisis where there's some type of uh, either domestic or sexual violence. Nobody thinks that's going to happen, but sometimes it does, unfortunately. And to know that there's an organization like you guys there to help when uh, somebody's at their at their most vulnerable, I think that speaks uh, a lot about this organization that you guys uh, run, the Family Crisis Center. No doubt, no doubt. And I really appreciate your kind words on that, too. Um, and, of course, our services are just half the battle the other half of the battle um, in our society is to just simply educate, kind of like what you just hit on. You know, kids growing up in these kind of situations and these abusive households, it becomes a norm, um, and it becomes a societal norm, and it's just all they've ever known, and that's their form of education. So, you know, yeah, the, the flip side of that coin is to just make sure that our community's educated, um, knows the resources it, within their community, and knows how to navigate these kind of processes. So if people want to find out more about the Family Crisis Center, or let's say they want to figure out how they can contribute and be a part of the Purple Ribbon Challenge, where are some spots they can find the information online? A lot of people like to connect online, so how can they find you? Yeah, no doubt, especially in this new normal, huh, Brandon? Uh, So with that being said, uh, a lot of our stuff is just kind of updated, especially for our activities on our Facebook page, and that's just simply the Family Crisis Center. And then also, if you ever wanted to donate or reach out to us for any kind of services, you can find us at our website, which is neafamilycrisiscenter.org. And then you can also reach our 24-7 crisis hotline at 870-933-9449. 
You know, you might know somebody that uh, needs the services right now. You might be the person who needs the services for yourself or, uh, you know, sometime in the future. You get, it's good to know the Family Crisis Center is there to help. And the way that they help is by us helping and contributing to what they're doing as well. So the Family Crisis Center, you can find out more on Facebook or on their website. And Mark, we appreciate your time this morning. Absolutely, Brandon. I appreciate y'all's time as well. Thank you for doing this with me and having me and helping spread the word. Because as I always say, I mean, word of mouth is never something to underestimate. So thank you, truly. All right, man. Have a great day. You as well, boss. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. Joined this morning by Kyla Owens from St. Bernard's. Kyla, where have you been? Oh my gosh, I've been busy. COVID has kept us from having events, but we are back, baby. We're so excited. We haven't seen, it feels like it's been forever since we've seen you in person. We've missed you. It has been, I feel like it's been at least a year or two. Has to be. It may it's been be crazy. Closer to two, maybe. Yeah. I think, it is. I think since the, the new, since St. Bernard's opened the new tower uh, is the last yeah. time I saw you guys. Oh my so, gosh. And that was 2019. Oh, and we were in there first day. And uh, yep. which one of us spilled coffee on the first day? Who was that? Was that Kelly? It like, was me, I feel Brandon. Like it was definitely you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great to have you back on. Uh, you always were one of our favorite guests. You always sound like you're in a good mood and happy. And uh, we want to share <laughs> the news on what St. Bernard's is doing because there's a pink warrior walk uh, that's coming yeah. up. And it's not too far away. No, we're so excited. So, you know, in 2020, the Komen chapter decided to close and end the race for the cure here in Northeast Arkansas. And we, you know, St. Bernard said that's a, a huge chunk of funding for our mobile breast health services. Mm-hmm. So let's let's see if we can bring a race here. And so last year, 2020, it was completely virtual. Um, this year, we were planning to have a full race, a uh, full regular old 5K. And then with the Delta variant, we thought, no, it's just not going to be a good idea to all congregate. Right. So what we're doing is something a little different, but we're excited about it, a race experience. So we are from 9 to 11 a.m. on Saturday, October 23rd. We are inviting people to come to downtown Jonesboro. We've established a 5K course. Uh, we'll provide you a map. We're going to have a full race experience. You can run it. You can walk it. You can stay at home in your PJs if you'd like. Um, you can do whatever. You know, we're just inviting people to come out and experience, you know, experience the race course. It's self-timed, uh, no start, no finish line, but come out, enjoy the race course, and uh, just come out and visit with us. We're excited. Well, I think I'd be good at that because there's no pressure. Like, there's absolutely zero pressure. Uh-huh. If I want to walk, if I want to crawl, I can do that and go at my own pace. Exactly. And we're going to have sponsor booths. We're going to have a photo booth. We're going to have all these kind of fun things to do. We're at water stops along the race course. You can run it. You can run half of it. Mm-hmm. You can walk the whole thing. Um, you know, we're, we're just excited to get people out and about without the mass congregation. You know, yeah. so we're hoping people will spread out and wear your mask. And if you're comfortable, if you don't want to wear a mask and you want to just run, that's okay too. So we, we just want everyone to come out for a great cause all of the proceeds benefit uh benefit breast health services here in northeast arkansas our mobile mammogram unit goes to you know 23 counties in northeast arkansas and southeast missouri and that's where these funds go and so that's you know we're offering mammograms to women and men who need them and so you know it's important work that this supports and we invite everyone to come out you know, when I was looking through the information, I wasn't even thinking about the fact that the Komen race funded so much of this. And there's people out there who 
are either uninsured, underinsured, who um, who really need this because early detection is the key. We know that. That's absolutely. proven fact with breast yeah, cancer. absolutely. And what Komen did, you know, in this area was they kept a portion of the funding and then they offered grants to other healthcare providers. Right. We're taking that same model and we're doing it as well. So 60% of the proceeds stay at St. Bernard's and benefit our mobile mammogram program. 40% of the proceeds can be applied, you know, people can apply for grants. And so if you're a hospital in Pocahontas and you want to bring mammograms to your area or you want to offer these different services to support breast health, well, those will be provided out to the community. So the money is not just staying with St. Bernard's, it's supporting breast health across the region. So that's one thing that we think is pretty cool as well. Well, then we've seen the sheer volume, the number of people who who go out to support events like this because breast cancer literally has touched probably 95% of us in some way. Uh, my grandmother, Absolutely. my grandmother had breast cancer, um, you know, and survived it and was a fighter and all that kind of stuff. And I know you guys with, with your event, you want to honor the survivors of breast cancer on the 23rd. We have a, a full survivor tent. We have a full experience for survivors. They get a special gift. You know, we, it, we have a special area designated just for them. We'll have entertainment set up for them. And, and so we just want to honor the fight that they've been through and just really celebrate, you know, celebrate every survivor that we can. So again, this is the Pink Warrior walk or run or crawl or whatever you want to do or, on Saturday. October. Exa- or, or Pink Warrior stay at home and thank you for your support. You know, hey. <laughs> virtually, if you would like to experience virtually, we appreciate that as well. And if, you know, if you're out of town that day, if you'd rather not participate, we also on GoPinkWarrior.com, we have some Pink Warrior socks and we have some Pink Warrior oh, nice. uh, a wine goblet. We have all a scrunchie. We have all kinds of fun things. For people, if they want to participate and buy something from the Pink Warrior store, that's available as well. Again, the website, gopinkwarrior.com. And Kyla Owens joins us this morning from St. Bernard's. And it's great to talk to you again. It is so great. And hopefully it won't be two years this time. All right. We'll see you soon, okay? <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. All right thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by the man you need. Me. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. Doc, good morning. How are you this morning? We're doing good. Now, last week you hung up on us and gave us some really awkward radio live. Are you yeah. good now? <laughs> I'm good. I got a brand new phone and everything's working 100%. All right. So, hey, we were talking before we came on the air about uh, hunting, right? And I know a bunch of people who have mm-hmm. hunting dogs. Uh, my friend Marty Hesh, hunting dogs. They train their dogs. Uh, my friend Stan Jones has all kinds of hunting dogs out there at his Mallard Lodge. And you were asking me if I've ever thought about a dog, um, you know, losing its hearing, a hunting dog. And I was like, wow, I've never thought about that. But is that something you see? Um, you know, it's, it's hard to say, but, but here's the thing, you know, deafness in general in dogs, um, they, um, they, we, we see congenital deafness, which means puppies can be born deaf. Right. And, you know, other dogs can go deaf from a variety of causes. That, you know, chronic ear infection where the ear canals just become so, so thickened and, you know, there may not be an actual physical canal down to the eardrum. And so that's going to provide just a, you know, a blockage of uh, transmission of sound. Uh, there's some drug toxicity. Some of the aminoglycoside antibiotics that are sometimes used in ear preparations um, for infections, if the eardrum's not intact, and that 
uh, gets into the middle ear and then into the inner ear. Of course, it can damage the, uh, you know, the nerves there and can cause a deafness. So we're real cautious about using certain types of uh, antibiotics in dogs where the eardrum may be in, not intact. And then old age, you know, we see a geriatric uh, deafness. I saw a cat yesterday that was 15 years old that he, uh, the owner said, you know, she just can't hear us. And it's, uh, and the ear canals were as clean as they could be. I could see both eardrums. And, you know, what happened was it's just those um, bones in the middle ear fuse and then they don't vibrate and transmit, um, transmit the sound, uh, sound waves to the inner ear. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, there's a researcher who, who knows a lot about uh, deafness in, in dogs, and he has identified probably 89 different breeds of dogs that have some in, in incidences uh, higher than normal congenital deafness. Hmm. And it's interesting, we don't see this breed much anymore, but Dalmatians, which used to be real popular, you know, when the 101 Dalmatian movies came out and the remakes, and uh, they became popular again. But uh, he he estimates that thirty percent of the puppies are born deaf in one or both ears. So that's oh, wow. pretty a pretty high incidence when you consider a third of those uh, Dalmatian puppies may be deaf. And other breeds with higher incidence is like the bull terrier, English setters, uh, Australian cattle dogs, uh, whippets, and uh, even Jack Russell terriers. And we aren't sure what causes the congenital deafness. But we do know that it's most common in dogs with white or nearly white heads. Right. And it seems to be related to the lack of pigment um, that, you know, is, is present to cause pigmentation in the hair. There's apparently some some uh, pigment cells in the inner ear that fail to develop or they may be lacking altogether. And this lack of pigment causes the death of the nerve cells that needs to develop for hearing to occur. But interestingly, some solid white dogs like the Spitz or the Samoyed have no problems with deafness. So, you know, it's it's just kind of interesting that uh, we see these different breeds and I've seen a lot of deaf dogs and, and you know, it's kind of interesting about, about hunting dogs because when you consider, uh, you know, sounds of uh, 120 to 140 decibels can start causing hearing damage. And we know a, a shotgun blast is about 150 decibels. And, of course, if there's any modifications to the barrel or anything, that can make that even louder. And, you know, you consider these dogs, especially if they're in a group of hunters, and here comes some ducks or geese overhead. And, you know, all of a sudden, in rapid succession, there's several gunshots. And, and, and you know, dogs can hear a lot higher range. Their range is from about 20 hertz to uh, 40 or 60,000 hertz. And, you know, when you got to consider if you've got a dog, a hunting dog, especially that's out, you know, uh, hunting almost every day during the season, uh, you know, this takes a toll on, um, you know, on their hearing. Now, it may take some time for that loss to develop, but you got to remember their their ears or head is very close to the to the um, to the gun. And, you know, so much that I have talked to some uh, clients that have hunted and they actually have ear protection for their dogs. Uh, it's interesting, you know, they make some just like earmuffs that go around and, you know, you can hold them, it's held on with elastic or some Velcro, but, you know, most dogs aren't going to, aren't going to tolerate that. Some of the well-trained ones will. And there's a company called Crit Ear that actually makes earplugs for dogs. And, you know, ear, dogs have a unique ear canal that kind of, they have a, a vertical canal that goes straight down and then it's a horizontal canal. So it's almost L-shaped to the, to the, um, eardrum. And uh, these are actually little inserts that fit down in the ear canal. 
to, to dampen some of that sound. You know, if a dog knows that there's a sound, it can, you know, it can turn its head towards it or away from it or, you know, uh, erect eared dogs kind of use their ears like antennas to pick up sounds. Yep. But when you've got a sudden gunshot from a shotgun blast, you know, that comes out of the, out of nowhere and the dogs don't have time to, you know, to get away from the sound. So it's something to consider, especially if you've got a hunting dog that, that, um, uh, has a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of outings during the hunting season. Um, and, and again, it's not going to cause probably an immediate deafness, but it can start damaging that ear where they would become deaf sooner than if it was just a normal aging change that's associated as they get older. Something I've never considered. And that's what we love talking to you about is because, I mean, there's probably people out there who take their dog hunting all the time mm-hmm. and have never considered that. But Kevin Reed sees it. He is the man you need. Yay! He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. You can find out more about vet care. If you go to vet-care.com or on Facebook, just search vet care Jonesboro. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. We're joined on the phone this morning by Michael Wewers, who is the Interim Executive Director of FOA Jonesboro, the Foundation of Arts. Michael, welcome to the show, man. How are you this morning? I am wonderful, and good morning, and thank you all for having me. Hey, it's great to have you. I noticed as we were preparing to interview you, uh, this is a, a new title. When I see the word Executive Director, uh, I typically am like, ooh, that's a pretty that's a pretty big gig. So it looks like there's some changes and some positive changes that are exciting for you and Christy Pulliam downtown. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, well, I think uh, everybody who's familiar with the FOA realized what uh, what Christy Pulliam does, and she does almost everything that's mm-hmm. here. I mean, she's just, like I say, she's got a – a ton of weight on her shoulders, and we made some changes where we, we let her focus on the artistic directing. And uh, I think she, every day she comes to work, she's loving what she's doing, and I take care of the rest of it. So it's just a, it's a good team. Well, congratulations to you. That's a big job. Obviously, we know how much FOA means to so many people, to the community in general, to the arts in Northeast Arkansas. So uh, that's a pretty big weight to put on your shoulders as we're kind of uh, getting ready to head into uh, – the the winter season and then the early part of next year, you got some big uh, shoes to fill with Christy. Yes, that's exactly right. And I tell you what, it just really it just warms my heart about what you just said—the importance of the FOA and the arts and, and to this community. Uh, it's wherever I meet somebody that that shares that same belief, it, it really does fuel our fire too, and it it makes us uh, gives us the reason why we're here. I love seeing the stories or hearing the stories about how, you know, somebody went to FOA and they were shy, introverted, and they didn't really, you know, even maybe in some cases, maybe they didn't even really have a friend group at that point. And they went in and they found out kind of what clicked in their lives with the arts. And all of a sudden it was like a new person came out. The new friend group was there, this new sense of confidence. I think that's the thing I enjoy most about FOA is you really see people grow. They find the thing that they love and, and you see almost like a transformation of these young people. Man, that's a, that's exactly right. And you said it so well. Uh, I'm going to hire you to be a spokesperson <laughs> person for sure. <laughs> that that is wonderful. Uh, but we we have a saying here that we do it for the one. It doesn't mean that we're not doing it for the whole audience and everybody else. But it's that one person that really gets affected, that gets that life change that was really needed. It's kind of a spiritual thing, and I've seen it since I've been here. And it will bring you to tears because uh, it, it's just so magical and so wonderful. Uh, and it's 
it's kind of a, I'm going to say it's kind of like a church here too. I mean, it's just, it's, we give that opportunity for the ones that really uh, may be seeking something and they finally find it and you can just see the growth. It's weird. And I'll kind of talk about this and we'll, we'll get off of, of that basic part of the topic, but I was a really shy introverted kid in school. <clears throat> I didn't want to do book reports. I didn't want to have to answer a question in class. I didn't want to have to get up and walk up to go to the bathroom. I didn't want to have to walk past people. But on Friday nights at the Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas, I could be on television. I could be in front of 5,000 people because that was my deal. That was my art. That's where I felt safest. That's where I felt like I was alive. And when people realize that FOA Jonesboro gives that opportunity, and it's not just about being on stage, because I think a lot of people think of FOA and think it's just about the stage performance. There's other things. There's other artistic things that are going on down there as well. And it's really a matter of people finding what they enjoy. That's exactly right. Like, we you know, we do art classes. We do vocal classes. We got it uh, from ballet uh, to the little kids to, to grown-ups. I mean, we've got If you're looking for something, we've got a spot for you down here. So classes, uh, you know, we talk a lot about how there's all those different classes and that people can be a part of. If people want to find out more about the classes you offer or to get registered for classes, where can they get that information? Okay, you can go to our uh, website at foajonesboro.org. Or you can also call our box office at 870-935-2726. want to hit you rapid fire with a couple of things, and I want to see how quick you respond. I'm going to hit you with some stuff you guys are doing, and you give me that, that, basic, um, that basic deal on exactly what's happening with this. Let's okay. start off with this. It's October, the House of Villains. It looks like the House of Villains is coming back. Yes, that's right. We have a, it'll be uh, October 28th through the 31st. Uh, we got like a bunch of Disney villains and and a couple of other ones through the through the forum. You can walk in and it's kind of like a it's a haunted house kind of, but it's no jump scare. Uh, it's kids friendly. <laughs> I mean, just come on out and it'll be a great time. And we kind of tell stories as we're going along. Um, kind of stories about the forum, maybe spooky stories about the forum. You'll, I mean, it's a great family event there. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. What's happening with that? All right, that is uh, October ninth. Uh, it's also be a costume contest. The movie starts at seven thirty. There's a uh, twenty dollars. You buy a prop bag. You get a ticket to come in. And there's also uh, I could say a costume contest. Uh, free entry is uh, free. Uh, Concessions are available. And then uh, it looks like there's a, f- a play coming up called Fences. Fences, yes, Fences. That is uh, that's about a 1985 play by American playwright August uh, Wilson. I think uh, maybe some people may have seen the movie with uh, Denzel Washington. Uh, it was a great movie. Um, this is it's going to be great. This will be a, it's the African American experience with examines uh, race relations among other themes. Uh, it actually the the play won a 1987 Pulitzer Prize for drama and a Tony Award uh, for best play. Uh, this, I got a note though, this drama includes racially sensitive language and themes, but this is going to be something a little more on the grown up side. Sure. But uh, definitely something to come and see. There's always something going on <clears throat> with FOA Jonesboro. And Michael, we appreciate your time this morning. If people want to find out more about all this stuff, foajonesboro.org or a simple search on Facebook can pull up FOA That's right. Jonesboro. And thank you so much. I mean, you, you are wonderful. And keep on doing what you're doing. And I love, I love uh, what you say about this. And uh, that, that's just amazing. It's good to hear. All right, man. We appreciate your time and congratulations on the new gig. Thank you, sir. Y'all have a good Brandon Baxter in the morning. So if you go back and check out today's Brandon Baxter in the morning podcast, you'll hear all about uh, my new glasses mm-hmm. and the reaction thus far. So much of a grand reaction. Well, there was that one person who was rude about it, and it's somebody <laughs> I know, and we're no longer friends. So take that, Craig Miller. Uh-huh. Uh, we talk about that. We also have Dr. Shane Spites on with us this morning.
Uh, the cool thing about Shane is we're walking through this COVID deal together with uh, Dr. Spites. We've been there through the highs and the lows when it looked like it was almost over. Mm-hmm. And then when it spiked back up, we talked to him last year when it was at the in the biggest peak of the entire pandemic. And then today, hey, what's happening? Numbers are dropping. Do we need to still have our guard up or is it okay to relax a little bit? We talked to Dr. Spites about that. You can check out the entire show on the podcast. It is the Brandon Baxter in the Morning Podcast, available wherever you get podcasts. Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? The fifth season finale of Riverdale, The Masked Singer. Alter Ego, five contestants compete for the final audition. Alanis Morissette, uh, Nick Lachey, and Will I Am are the judges. All right. Season premiere of The Bradshaw Bunch. The season finale of In the Dark and Archer. Tonight's schedule also includes Survivor, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, American Horror Story, A A Million Little Things, Chicago PD, and tonight on Seth Meyers, Blake Shelton. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the Morning.